welcome. This is Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And today we're in our Revelation series, the chapter 12, The Woman, the, Her Son, and the Dragon. Oh, yeah. Well, this is a very interesting chapter. Um, if you look at uh, Revelation, you're going to see there's a chapter, we're in chapter 12, 12, 13, and 14 are out of order. From, from 11. the rest of it. Yeah. 11 will pick up again in 15. No, oh, oh 11, at the end we'll, of 11, 11, we'll start again we'll in start 15. We'll start again in 15 because right. at the end of 11, the seventh trumpet blew, but we're not going to be talking about that in 12. So 12, 13, and 14 are... Like an interlude? Yeah. A it's tangent? Like a, it's like another explanation of the entire um, uh, relationship between Satan and Christ. Hmm. It's good. going back. And I... The, the writer here on um, BibleStudy.org says that... Um, Possibly could be. Oh, uh, uh, from the from, from, from Satan's, Satan's perspective. perspective. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could possibly be coming from Satan's perspective so that we see it from a different angle, angle here. Yeah. And we see it in the big picture instead of the small picture. Mm, oh, this is definitely the big picture. Yes, when we read about Christ's birth in Matthew and the other Gospels, Luke, yeah. we're reading about the small picture. Right, How, what what humans saw. Right. And this, this is, is from... The, this is the big picture from the heavenly perspective oh, instead of... right. From the perspective in the realm beyond us. So. Right, okay. So right. I will read Revelation 12 from the message. Here I go. A great sign appeared in heaven... A woman, dressed all in sunlight, standing on the moon, and crowned with twelve stars. She was giving birth to a child and cried out in the pain of childbirth. And then another sign alongside the first, a huge and fiery dragon. It had seven heads and ten horns, a crown on each of the seven heads. With one flick of its tail, it knocked a third of the stars from the sky and dumped them on earth. The dragon crouched before the woman in childbirth, poised to eat up the child when it came. The woman gave birth to a son who will shepherd all nations with an iron rod. Her son was seized and placed safely before God on his throne. The woman herself escaped to the desert to a place of safety prepared by God. All comforts provided her for 1,260 days. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back but were no match for Michael. They are cleared out of heaven, not a sign of them left. The great dragon, ancient serpent, the one called devil and Satan, the one who led the whole earth astray, thrown out, and all his angels thrown out with him, thrown down to earth. Then I heard a strong voice out of heaven saying, Salvation and power are established, kingdom of our God, authority of his Messiah, the accuser of our brothers and sisters thrown out, who accused them day and night before God. They defeated him through the blood of the Lamb and the bold word of their witness. They weren't in love with themselves. They were willing to die for Christ. So rejoice, O heavens, and all who live there, but doomed to earth and sea. For the devils come down on you with both feet. He's had a great fall. He's wild and raging with anger. He hasn't much time, and he knows it. When the dragon saw he'd been thrown to earth, he went after the woman who had given birth to the man-child. The woman was given wings of a great eagle to fly to a place in the desert to be kept in safety and comfort for a time and times and half a time, safe and sound from the serpent. The serpent vomited a river of water to swamp and drown her, but earth came to her help. 
Swallowing the water, the dragon spewed from its mouth. Helpless with rage, the dragon raged at the woman, then went off to make war with the rest of her children, the children who keep God's commands and hold firm to the witness of Jesus. That is just full of imagery. Yeah, uh, if you wanted a animated version of Revelation, this this would be an easy one to do. And I can see how you said, well, what that author, that uh-huh. writer said, but you agreed with, was that this is like from the spiritual realm, from the from the heavenly realm, from Satan's realm, from an angelic realm, right? Um, of this what is, it looks like. Like I said, this is big picture. Yeah, we see little picture. Our 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 viewing as we go through the Gospels is one on one. Right. We see Jesus born. Our salvation is personal. Yeah. This is the whole picture. This is everything. Mm-hmm. So let's start in verse 12 and work from there. You mean verse 1? Well, verse, uh, yeah. Chapter 12, verse 1. Right, yes. right. Mm-hmm. So, there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Well, well this, there are versions people... Uh, People have different interpretations of who okay. the woman is. One, which I agree with, uh, the woman represents Israel. And you, I agree also. You've got the 12 stars. You've got the, the royalty with the crown. Right. The 12 stars being the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, clothed with the sun, again, royalty there. Everything under the feet. Yeah. Right. And they also... Uh, God's chosen. Here on uh, EnduringWord.com, they also mentioned Joseph's dream when he's the sun and the moon and the... Stars. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of imagery, but I, I really do think because, I mean, God started with Israel, he'll end with Israel. Israel is always there and the church, but, and she's giving birth to a child. That's got to be Jesus, right. the Messiah. And then uh, we know who the dragon is. And, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so we've got, we've got a great wonder in heaven. Again, I love this because this is something very special happening. From even in the heavenly realms, to if that's the view, yeah, and they call it a great wonder. This is something very special, and this is when Christ is born. So, Revelation twelve two says, and she being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. Well, again, this is Israel, and there's a lot of different ways to look about it. Um, never had a child myself; just watched them, but pain is part of it. Yes, always pain. So we can look at it from that way. And God said to Eve that you will have pain in childbirth. So mm-hmm. from the very beginning. But if we also take it as Israel, mm-hmm. Israel was was crying out for the Messiah yeah. forever. I mean, they were. Israel has a lot of issues and is actually pictured as a mother giving birth in Isaiah and Hosea, Micah, Matthew. Um, but they were longing for the Messiah. Yeah. To come and save them and redeem them. And they knew the Messiah would come from their line, from the Israeli Israeli line. And right. Jesus does. And the birth pains, of course, is the time before the actual birth. So Israel has gone through a lot over the years waiting yeah. for their Messiah. And even during the birth, because there's, in an actual birth, there's pain, unless you take a bunch of drugs. But normally there's pain in the during the birth. Right. And even around the time that Jesus was born... They were under Roman oppression. They uh, oh, weren't been, treated well. They even before that, they'd been through the, the Babylonian exile. They'd been conquered by the Persians. They uh, they've had a lot of you know the Egyptians before the Exodus. There've been a lot of things going on with Israel, and those were all leading up to the birth of the Messiah. Yeah. So all of those things are part of these 
these birth pains as they're coming. All right, so, all right, now let's get into the, 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 the climax of the, or the, the, the biggest part of this thing, and here comes the dragon. Right. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. Oh, okay. A red dragon, seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns. A lot of people like to make a lot out of the numbers in Revelation. Well, that's okay. And there's some things you can look at there because they're mentioned for a reason. I don't think I'd make too much out of it, but um, anybody who thinks they know absolutely everything is probably not not truthful or is fool, fooling themselves. But So here we have the red dragon, and this is... Probably this this uh, chapter of Revelation is where we get, um, like in the medieval paintings and stuff. Oh, when he's red with as red horns. with horns and a, and a spike tail, kind of like oh, a yeah, dragon. I wonder where they got that. So I would imagine that's where the devil came out as being red. Um, even on our old cartoons, he was always that way. So here we have this red dragon, and now the seven horns, seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns. What do you what do you got on that? Well, I'm going to um, go back to this enduring word. It says, from the similar description given in 13.1 and the parallel references to Daniel, it's clear that the revived Roman Empire is in view. The seven heads and ten horns refer to the original ten kingdoms, of which three were subdued by the little horn of Daniel 7.8. Who is to be identified with the rule, world ruler of the Great Tribulation who reigns over the revived Roman Empire? That's by a guy named Waldvord. I don't know I pronounced that wrong. But uh, so again, when 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 John is having this vision, Rome is a big deal, and again it will be revived. And also, they he also says that the the red, the description of his picture uh-huh. of his of his appearance uh, represents his nature and character. Sure, you know, anger, anger, and murderous. We, we put that on the poor color red all the time. Yeah, poor color red gets gets blamed for a lot of things. But then we have. Red for the blood of Christ. So Jesus redeems the red color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go ahead and okay. like red. red. Um, other writers have talked about the seven heads um, as being seven evil empires. Yeah. And if we go back in history, those are easy to find. You go mm-hmm. to Daniel and you can see that he was pulled out during the Babylonian Empire and, and you see all those kind of things. And the ten kingdoms that come after that, and like you said, eventually narrows down to another one. Yeah. Narrows down to uh, um, Rome, but before the Rome Romans, there was Alexander the Great. You know, there's there's been a lot of big evil kingdoms coming up, and then um, it talks about the seven crowns, and I'm sure the seven seven has a special number. Mm-hmm. It's but, a special number in in biblical writing because it's the number of completion. Right. And the seven here, uh, this writer describes them as being universal rule. You know, interesting, I just thought of this. Mm-hmm. Him wearing these crowns, uh, I wonder if it also means how he had a hand in evil empires. Mm-hmm. He's probably part Satan. of all of it. Yeah, anything evil, he's of part of it, you know. So, um, and then it goes on to say how uh, the next part of the four, how he how the third of the angels fall to heaven right. with him because they become demons. They go to his side. Which his his tail be. drew the third part of the stars of heaven. Dumped he did them cast on. them to the earth. 
and the dragon stood before the woman was ready to be delivered. So yes, the, his tail drew the third part of the stars from heaven. So a third of the angels Why followed. Why his tail? Huh? Why his tail? I mean, I'm sure it wasn't That's enough. That's the imagery. Literally, it's the imagery. Why are, yeah. why are demons or angels described as stars? Just because. out of heaven? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's where the demons come from. A third of the angels... That God created. Satan being a fallen angel, a third of the angels follow Satan. Instead of following God, they rebel against God. Yeah. And with him, uh, get the same fate as he does. Right. Here I have a great quote from a guy named Seiss. Okay. S-E-I-S-S. Um, I'm sure he's some theologian that I don't know. Okay, but this is also on the EnduringWord.com uh, hmm. webpage. God never made an evil being, but he made angels, principalities, and powers capacitated for mighty joys and distinctions in his glorious domain, yet with free will implied in the very creation of moral beings, which they could exercise for their everlasting weal or woe. Many have remained steadfast to wit Michael and his angels, but some abode not the truth, but revolted against the rule of heaven and became unchanging enemies of God and his kingdom. So yep. they were they had the capacity for mighty joys and distinctions. Obviously angels do. So Well, we have ranks within the angels. Yeah. But Boy, the stuff that they gave up to just be in charge of their own lives for a short time. Well, and it's interesting because a lot of times we don't think of angels as having free free will. Mm -hmm. But it's not that they don't have free will, it's that they don't have the free will for salvation. Mm -hmm. Salvation is reserved only for the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. Right, right. This, the demons do not have, were not saved by the blood of Christ. No, they knew everything right there. Once, yeah, for, and remember, this has got to be from the macro perspective. When we're, we're talking the big picture here again, um, the demons knew exactly what they were doing, and they made a once they made a decision, that decision was made. Yeah, and their decision was to follow Satan instead of God. So, and it says, and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for for to devour her child. As soon as it was born. And that you could probably refer to Herod, King Herod, going after the, uh, trying to kill all the baby well, boys. Right, even before that, I mean, right away, Satan was trying to stop the birth. Right. But then when that didn't work, then he went after the baby boys. Yeah. You know, he, there's over and over again. But God put his hand on Jesus and kept him there until the cross. He was protected by the hand of God until yeah. the cross. Yeah. And at the cross... That's when Jesus felt the lack of God's hand. Yeah, that was the first. That was the yeah. first time ever that he'd felt that. So the dragon is trying to stop before it even happens. Yeah, because he knows. He knows exactly what this means. Yeah, when this. But I will say, when this child is born, that is his downfall. He's either very deceived by his own power, because he keeps trying, mm -hmm. though he knows he's up against God. He keeps trying to stop God's plan. And the wonderful thing is the devil can't stop God's plan. Yes. And neither can humans. But I always take it from this perspective, okay? Once Satan was cast down, yeah. he's never going back. Right. There's nothing he can do but try and damage mm -hmm. what God's plan is. True. He can't overcome him. He knows he can't overcome him. But he can try and damage it. And the best way for him to damage it at first was to stop the Son of God from being born mm -hmm. and dying for us. When he, if he could stop that, then stop God's whole plan. God said, no, nah, uh -uh, not that one. I'm, you don't get even a chance at that. But later on, we'll see what happens. So, okay, ready to move on? Yeah. 12.5. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations 
with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. So, Jesus was born. Jesus was was the start here. Mm-hmm. And he was, to, it said, a man-child. Right. So this is a heavenly view. Mm-hmm. A human being born. Right, and the, the rod of iron refers to his return. Well, the rod of iron, yeah, and the rod of iron... Um, I think it's the thousand-year reign. It's in Psalm 2. Um, uh, that The rod of iron is, is used several times in Scripture. Yeah. Uh, that That's what is going to happen. Um, it but, says, Rule all nations with a rod of iron refers to the triumphant return of Jesus by stating the starting point and the ending point of Jesus' earthly work John alluded to all that stood in between. That's from this enduring word. So that's really like Jesus' whole everything right there. Gave birth to the Son, and he'll shepherd all nations with the iron rod when, when he returns. So he's up there in heaven with God right now. I'm trying to pull up the Psalm 2 here. Just give me a second. Okay. Okay. Psalm 2 says, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the end of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron, and you will dash them to pieces mm-hmm. by pottery. Yeah. So that, that rod of iron is not a new concept when it comes up in Revelation. Right. But then the child was caught up to God and to his throne. So God's protection was on there. And it's also talking about Christ's ascension after the resurrection. Right, right. Satan got a chance to kill him. God resurrected him and took him back. Right. And now, the whole concept of Revelation is, oh, I, I know he lost. He knows he lost. Well, I know he knows he lost, but I wonder while he was dead, while Jesus was dead, did he think he had won? I don't know. He could have deceived himself thinking he did. I don't know. But I'm sure he, he felt like he had great power at that moment right. in time. But the only power he had was when God let him have power. Right. That's the only time he of, ever has go power. Go to the book of Job. Right. And he's arguing, God's arguing, or Satan's arguing with God and says, hey, you're only, Job's only following you because you're protecting him. Right. And God said, well, I'll, t- I'll take my hand off and we'll see what happens. Okay. But only because God said that. Yep. So, all right. Revelations 12, 6. God, I got some interesting stuff on this one. So all right. Let's talk about that. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had placed a, where she was placed in a, in a place prepared by God that they should feed her for a thousand, two hundred and three score days. In other words, what's a thousand two hundred and three? Was that three and a half years? Yeah. Again, three and a half years. Three and a half years. So if you go back to Daniel eleven, it talks about um, certain countries that will be protected. Oh. From the Antichrist, Moab, Ammon, and Edom, east of Palestine. Hmm. Interesting. Those countries will be specifically spared the Antichrist's attack, according to Daniel eleven forty one. Oh, that's interesting. Read Daniel eleven forty one. Okay, let me pull that up here right quick. I just I had read that, but I didn't I didn't know that. So, if the Antichrist is here, go to one of those countries. Right? Is that the answer? East of Palestine. Go to east of Palestine. You'll be protected. Hmm. So Daniel eleven forty one says he will also invade the beautiful land. That's Many Jerusalem. countries will fall. Many countries will fall. But Edom, Moab, and the leaders of Ammon will be delivered from his hand. Oh, that's it. So okay, this so is this is the woman. So this is Israel. Okay, so... So the followers of God from Israel will be, will be protected in that area. Interesting. So I, I thought that was 
That is interesting. An interesting date. You keep going. Gonna just and again, this is this is the midpoint of tribulation. So initially, the Antichrist has kind of allowed the temple to be rebuilt and all that kind of stuff. Right. But as we saw with the two witnesses, mm-hmm. Jerusalem is completely overrun at this point in time. Yeah. So obviously, that's not that's not happening anymore at this point in time. Right. So the world government is is gone. The yeah. The many countries are gone, but they are going to be protected. They'll take that refuge is... in those in those countries. Okay, now I know what to do. Huh. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just teasing. I mean, I'll be wherever God wants me to be. And this so. is for the second half of tribulation, so this will be three and a half years. Yeah. Three and a half the, the three and a half years while the Antichrist is in charge and is devouring Earth. Yeah. Interesting. This woman will flee into the wilderness. We'll flee to those country areas. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So then we go to, oh. we're talking about um, the war between Michael and Satan and all their angels, which is interesting. In heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. Right. So and there is a war between the heavenly hosts going on. And that, that war in heaven, all these things going on during tribulation, uh, all the all the wars and all the, the natural disasters and all the things that we've talked about and the stars falling yeah. from the sky and all these other things. This stuff is happening here, but in the heavenly realm there is also a war going on. Right, you know, but when I read this, mm-hmm. it seemed, I guess I thought that war happens before, before Adam and Eve. You well, know, when I they, think since the fall of Satan. Since right. Satan was cast to the earth, that the war has been going on. Oh, okay, so but this it is will probably, intensify. Yeah, as we get closer and closer to the end, as it would if you were on Satan's side and you knew the time is short. Right, you're going to get more desperate and you're going to fight harder and harder. Here, let me get this. Here, this mm-hmm. is and this is a website we really like. GotQuestions.org. The question is: Is the war in heaven in Revelation 12? That would be seven through 12. Right. Describing Satan's original fall or an end times angelic battle, and I will. Read what this guy says. The last great angelic battle and Satan's ultimate expulsion from heaven are described in Revelation 12, verses 7 through 12. In this passage, John sees a great war between Michael and the angels of God and the dragon and his fallen angels or demons that will take place in the end times. Satan, in his great pride and delusion that he can be like God, will lead a final rebellion against God. It will be a cosmic mismatch. Thus, the dragon and his demons will lose the battle and be thrown out of heaven forever. Oh, and then I want to, because this is interesting, a common misconception is that Satan and his demons were locked away in hell after the fall of Satan. It is clear from many Bible passages that Satan was not barred from heaven or the earth after his first rebellion, which predated the creation. In Job 1 through 2, 8, he appears before God to accuse God, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And then in Zechariah 3, he again appears before God to accuse Joshua, the high priest. Indeed, the name Satan means accuser. In Genesis, he visited the Garden of Eden and tempted Eve. He tempted Jesus in the wilderness before Jesus began his ministry. And then the question arises that if Satan has already rebelled and been cast from heaven, why is he free to be in heaven and on earth? So he's still roaming around. And then, uh, oh, I'll just read this part. There's quite a bit here. So if you want to go to gotquestions.org, just put in Revelation 12. Pretty good stuff. I found some really good stuff. Yeah, in this age, Satan and his highest ranking angels can still oppose the work of God and hinder the angels of God within the boundaries of the middle or second heaven. 
the battle recorded in Revelation 12 removes Satan and his minions from this realm. So, there you go. That's very interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but Satan, but it's true. In Job, we see that he is in heaven accusing God, or, or accusing Job, and then he obviously can roam around the earth, because he was in, on the earth with Jesus, and so he kind of, he's not limited to hell right now. He's Really everywhere. Right. And that's where, if you continue on, Mm -hmm. we go into 8 and 9, specifically. It says, but he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. Mm -hmm. So he's cast out of heaven. Right. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. So at the end of this battle, which would begin the tribulation, the second half of tribulation. So now we have the Antichrist. We have the beast. We have all those things that follow with the same description as the dragon. The Antichrist and the Beast also have similar descriptions as the dragon. Yeah. Um, so at the end of this, they are thrown down. They're not strong enough to overtake Michael and his angels. And they were, and the great dragon was hurled down to earth. Right. So this is where it says... Physically, Satan physically appears on earth. Right. So rejoice, O heavens, all who live there, because he's out of heaven. But... Doomed to earth and sea, for the devil's come down on you with both feet. He's had a great fall. He's wild and raging with anger. Right. He hasn't much time, and he knows it. So this is why. This is another reason why it gets so bad. Right. At the last half, can I? Uh, well, let's let's back into ten here just a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. Sorry. Before you said that, John says, "Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now has have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of His Messiah.'" For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. That's verse 10. Mm-hmm. So what John hears from heaven is... Woohoo! Yes. They're He's celebrating gone. because Satan has been cast out of the heavenly realms. They're never going to have to deal with him anymore. He's been hurled down. And then in 11 it says, They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. That's what gave them the upper hand in this yeah. in this great battle. Wow. And then 12 starts, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, like you said. Rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But. Doomed to earth and sea, because now he this is where he's at. Yeah, he's cast down to the sea. This is the only place he can show his power now, so he's going to be super mad. Right. Um, I really want to read this little thing, but maybe. Okay. okay. This is from Peterson. It's a little commentary on the entire chapter of 12. We still have a little bit more to to talk about 13 through 17, but I'm going to read this because this is so good. The political metaphor of a kingdom insists on a gospel that brings everything and everyone under the rule of God. People love to hear that God is powerful and that he rules. They aren't as enthusiastic when they discover the means by which he exercises his rule. Two temptations exert a powerful pull on the Christian community of today. One is to retain the political dimensions of the gospel and to take up the usual political means, namely force. The other is to give up the political and have a nice little fellowship, cultivate a faith that more or less abandons the world of government, economics, culture, and society to settle for saving just a few souls. John discerns the lines of temptation. He deals with them at the center of his book by constructing a formidable defense of imagery. He begins with an imaginative retelling of the nativity of Jesus, This isn't the nativity story we grew up with, but it's the nativity story all the same. Jesus' birth excites more than wonder, excites evil. Herod, Judas, Pilate, ferocious wickedness is goaded to violence by Jesus' life, which raises questions. 
Can a swaddled infant survive the sophisticated instruments of terror? Can promise outlast horror? We want him to live. We long for his rule. But is it possible in this kind of world? Our problem is that we overestimate the politics of earthly governments and Mm -hmm. underestimate the politics of heaven. John's imagination is a rush of adrenaline to those of us with little faith. And so infused, we're again fearless, unimpressed by the bluster of the dragon. The child survives, salvation is assured, and God's rule is intact. No matter how daunting the dragon, the child always survives. So, so I, so yeah, Satan attempts to physically stop it himself yeah. and fails because God puts his hand on him. When that doesn't work, he goes through the earthly, uh, his earthly minions, the people that he can influence mm-hmm. for evil, to go after Jesus. And this, what one thing about what Peterson just wrote right there, uh, he. In the beginning of, of before before Revelation, he said that John that this book is not just for the future, but that Revelation is also for our present life. So I think that little commentary was reminding us that yes, this is about um, well, it's it's about everything. It's about the past, but it's also about what will come. But also, we can apply this to our lives today. We aren't supposed to be manipulating people or society with uh, so-called beliefs, but we're not supposed to fall behind, you know, isolate ourselves and just hope we see a couple souls saved. We're supposed to be part of this world so God can work through us. Anyway, I thought that was good. Anyway, we're now we're on verse 13. Yes, and this gets this gets a little challenging here, so let's just, let's yeah, go just ahead. run with 13 here. Um. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. So he has no power in the heavenly realm to do anything right now, so he's working in the earthly realm. Mm-hmm. And obviously very, the very first time he shows up is in the Garden of Eden, and God says, after he has to cast Adam and Eve out because they listened to Satan, he says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise your head, and you, uh, he will bruise, crush your head, and you will bruise his heel. Mm-hmm. So there will, there's that's putting Jesus and Satan head to head on each right, other. Right, right. And it talks about uh, between your offspring and her offspring as well. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about um, how the, the demons are going to work, trying to work on us. Yeah, uh, we are the offspring, mm-hmm. and uh, Israel. But then also after the birth and death of Christ, we are now also children of God. So we're also going to go through that. Yeah. So I thought that's very interesting, um, how that. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about uh, this imagery in here? I think I don't. I guess I don't understand. You know, I don't know if anyone understands it because this hasn't happened yet. But the he vomits the serpent vomits a river of water to swamp and drown the 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 woman, and the earth came to help swallowing the water the dragon spewed from its mouth. I mean. Okay, so let's, you're, you're jumping. More I am there. jumping, but it's just interesting. Let's, okay, go ahead. Let me read 12, uh, 14 again. Okay. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle, so that she might fly from the serpent in the wilderness to the place where she used to be nourished for a time, times, and time and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what about this? Is this going back to talking about they're going to find refuge in Edom? And, I think so. I and, think this is what I'm talking about. You remember what Jesus said in Matthew 24? He said... Um, you are, we're to flee to the mountains when they see the abomination right. of desolation standing in the holy place. So once Satan is in Jerusalem, 
it's time to leave. Get out. Oh, Go right. The so, yeah. Petra, right. those kind of places. So, when that happens, um, when that happens and, and it's time for them to fly, they, they get out. Yeah. And they are sustained by God in that time period because if they listen to what Jesus said. Yeah, if they, if they remembered his words, then um, they'll, they'll do it, I guess. And there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different um, translations on, on what the wings are, but they get evacuated oh, from that's that place. Yeah. They get pulled out, yep. All right, so now let's go to 15. Oh, this is the one you like so much. Okay, go ahead. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. So, what is that? Of course, the woman, again, has not changed. That's still the, the remnants of Israel, right? Right. So, what does it mean, the flood? I don't know. What do you think it means? Well, we can think of the flood like a weapon almost, simply because of the story of Noah. Right. But maybe it's not necessarily water. Okay. Maybe it's armies. Oh, could be. Maybe a flood of armies come after them in the wilderness. Could be. He sends them out. So. I want to see what this uh, enduring word, what they say. Let me see here. Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 38 mm -hmm. uh, identifies a northern aggressor and protects it will go against the land that is restored from the war. The land whose people were gathered from many peoples upon the mountains of Israel. That's Ezekiel 38 8. Oh, and here it says the eagle's wings. Mm -hmm. It's an emblem from the Exodus deliverance in Exodus 19.4, another way of connecting these people with Israel. Hmm. Uh, and here it says, uh, so the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman. The fury poured out against Israel after the abomination of desolation was spoken of Jesus, like you said, in Matthew 24, and spoke in distinctly Jewish terms. This passage in Revelation describes the fury that Jesus told them to flee. So let me, I, I read a little bit of Ezekiel 38.8. You will advance coming on like a storm. You will be like a cloud covering the land, you and all your hordes, and many people with you. And then when we get down to 15, it talks about, um, you will come from your place out of the utmost parts of the north, you and many people with you. And then in 16 says, you will come against my people Israel. So somewhere from the north, mm -hmm. I think you're right. There is a giant army going after Israel. Here in Isaiah 59:19, it says, "When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit right. of the Lord will lift up a standard against him." So I think you're so right. So again, we've got this this imagery uh, that's put into Revelation that we are looking at trying to put into our reality, mm -hmm. and our reality would say probably not water, right? But the earth does swallow them up. That's not new. Where else in the Bible was an army swallowed up? Oh, hey, you're right. The Exodus, Pharaoh's army was swallowed by the, 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 yeah. the Red Sea. Hey, look at how God just connects everything. You know, it's like we're all in one huge tapestry. And all the, if you look at the backside, which is maybe our side, we just see all these, this mess of different colors, and we don't know what picture it's making, what story God's creating. And you see the other side, you go, oh, that's why. It all comes together in, from God's point of view. This is all coming together. This is why you need to read Revelation. I know our conversation's been a little disjointed, but it's so interesting. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And and you can do just what we have been doing is just go online. You have to kind of, you know, you really, even if you go online and read things or you listen to people, you need to think for yourself. You know, you need to ask God, help me understand this. And there are some things, there are some details that have different interpretations and we just will have to be content with some things having different interpretations till the end when we see what the real truth is because we are kind of doing this with looking through the glass darkly, like in 1 Corinthians 13. But when we see Jesus, it'll be face-to-face, and then we'll understand everything. But it's okay to try to ponder all this and try to, hey, I agree with this interpretation. And it's like, well, why do you? Well, this is why. And that gets you thinking more and more, and that is okay. And it's great to be doing the research because if you were reading Ezekiel or if you were reading Daniel and you didn't put use Daniel standalone and didn't put it with Revelations, you would not get as much. Right. If you looked at Ezekiel, you would not picture Revelations. Right. So going back and forth really really helps with that. And it's also uh, the thing about, you know, people will say, no, you know what, I, I disagree with you. This is how what I think, and this is why I think it. That is okay. Like I have a, one friend I think of that we disagree on some of this stuff, but I love her so much, and it's okay that we disagree because I know why we disagree, and she has her own version. We're both looking at the Bible, but, you know. And it doesn't separate us as Christians. No. It shouldn't. It, it, it's not supposed to. And um, I think another, that's. Another passage yeah, go ahead. the earth swallowed up. Yeah. Number 1632. Oh, that one too. Yeah, read that. Yeah. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up and their households and all the men that have appertained unto Korah and all their goods. And the earth opening her mouth took them in with their families and all the men who joined to Korah and, and their goods. Because they were, were boasting against Moses and God. They were, they were they rebelling were against God rebelling. and Moses. Yep. And God said, took them alive into the earth. Life. Yeah. Another so one. Those, yeah. What I'm saying there is... That would be another army that was swallowed up. Yeah. So here we have an army that is being sent out after Israel, and they get out into the wilderness, and the wilderness consumes them. Consumes them. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways wildernesses can. You go out in the desert. A lot of ways you can be consumed yeah. by the desert. Wild Dust storms. Yeah. Starvation. Um, food. Or water. There's lack of water. All sorts of things can devastate an army like that, where it's only natural things that are enough to take you out. Yeah. Well, there's uh, there's also in 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 the history books of uh, Samuel Kings and Chronicles, there are some battles where their enemies were destroyed more by the wilderness than by yeah. the soldiers, and uh, that's by just, an act of God. You yeah, the earth against God. So. Mm-hmm. Not against God, against his enemies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So anyway, this is this. This was very interesting. I hope you're and finding it interesting. And 16 is a continuation of that. It just says, but the earth came to help the woman and the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed the river the dragon had poured from its mouth. So, yeah, that that situation where they're going after... And then at the end it says, helpless with rage, the dragon raged at the woman then went off to make war with the rest of her children, the children who keep God's commands and hold firm to the witness of Jesus. Again, we're in part of tribulation, so yeah, it's going to be a evil time. And who's he coming after? God's children. And that includes, in my opinion, that includes the church. Yeah, That includes too. all of us because those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus, that's what it says. Yeah, yeah. Keep the commandments and hold to the testimony. So he's, he's outraged that he can't reach 
that remnant mm-hmm. that got off there. So he turns around and takes his anger out on everybody else. Mm-hmm. And as we read, in once we start into 15, mm-hmm. oh. chapter 15 and on, yeah. we will see what the Antichrist does. Yeah. The, oh. things, the things that happen. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't want to get too much into this this concept right now because it's it's another one of those things that people have different different ideas based upon how they're interpreting things in Revelation. There are people talk about the rapture being pre tribulation, rapture being mid tribulation, and rapture being post tribulation. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see anybody saying pre tribulation here because no. if it's if he's if the remnant already left and is gone, and they're protected by the earth swallowing up this army. And Satan turns around, who is he going after? There has to be people still on the earth that are following, as it says here, hold to the testimony of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That means Christians. Yeah. So we're here. If that time comes in my lifetime, I will be here. Yeah. And I tell you what, if you're not there, then praise God, but if you are, you need to be ready. Right. uh, And again, this is not something that I'm going to have... Uh, any kind of break with another Christian that, that sees it some other direction, but I question this concept of pre-tribulation because this is mid-tribulation yeah. that this is happening. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So that was good. So that is Revelation 12. 12. So thanks for listening, and we're going to try to get all of Revelation done in August. So if you're listening, come back. Because we'll do Revelation 13 here very soon, hopefully, God willing. And and that is our cat jumping into a box, trying to, but it's too small for her. And the little is our dog. Okay. Thanks for listening. Oh, God bless. Bye.